Hey, everybody. This is Mark Levine. Welcome to the NYC Real Estate Podcast. This is episode 32. And today we are talking with Stephen Serrano and Francesca Velasquez of NYC Cooling Tower Inspections and Services. And we're talking about uh, cooling towers and all of the compliance issues that come along with them in buildings that are located in New York City. Uh, just as a quick note, if you want to uh, share and uh, subscribe to our podcast, NYC Real Estate Podcast, that would be amazing. You could also email the show at nycrealestatepodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's nycrealestatepodcast at gmail.com. And I introduced myself as Mark Levine. I am a owner of EBMG. We're a property management company, and we love bringing uh, all this information to everybody listening at home. So share it, subscribe. That would be amazing. So Stephen. And hey. Francesca, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for Hi. having me, Mark. Hey, so, what's going on? So as we were talking about, we've been trying to do this for years when I was doing just videos and I didn't have the podcast thing going. But now that we're here, and especially with COVID, it's great to sit down with you over Zoom at least so you don't have to travel to my office to do it. But Cooling Towers is a pretty specialized industry that you're covering um, we'll go through everything with how the laws have changed over the last few years, but do you want to give us your background and how you got to be in the exciting world of cooling towers? Sure, sure. Um, I was actually studying to be a clinical psychologist years ago, and then I switched the whole life plan and got involved with water treatment and never looked back. Um, that was back in around 2006. I saw the light and I needed yeah. to go towards it. I knew what the future needed and, and it was just an ambassador for water quality. Right. Um, so I started this journey back around 2006 and progressed and developed into, uh, which is an elite group of people in New York City. It's, uh, it, it's revolving around association of uh, water technologies. It's a credential uh, for certified water technologists. So I'm one of the few people in New York City that has that credential and since I guess it was 2016 when I got that. Um, I was able to venture off into developing a company called Empire Cooling Tower Inspection and Services. That company got purchased very quickly. And then um, I tag team creating another company called New York City Cooling Tower Inspection and Services, the company that we have now. And thank goodness Francesca Velasquez came to help me um, two and a half years ago. And she's actually our, our officially uh, first environmental consultant of the of the of the company. So, and she also is a director of compliance. Right. Her story is also very unique. She comes from Virginia. Um, I grew up in Jersey, um, Bayonne, New Jersey. You know, went to Rider University, American University in D.C., and now I ended up back here, which is very close to you know family. And so, um, I have a I have a little boy. He's four years old, mm. and uh, we live in Cliffside Park. That's a, one of the, the, the quickest nutshell of, of a story I could give you from my yeah. life. And um, this development of the laws that we've been addressing here has just, it's been so, such a quick development of what regulations turn into, you know, just the thought of a rough draft of what this regulation could be. Because there was, you know, somewhere between 13 to 15 people that were in the hospital back in 2015. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, some of them died. And immediately thereafter, there was a need a, a really quick knee-jerk reflex reaction for someone to create a protocol for regulations. And that's when we kicked it to high gear and created some. So, so we've been around since the inception and, and we know, um, I would say when Francesca knows the majority of the people at Department of Health and Mental yeah. Hygiene, 
Um, so that's my story. Uh, I'm not sure where um, Francesca wants to take it from here, but um, you could go now. Francesca, it's your turn. <laughs> um, so I have been in Jersey only about three years, two and a half, almost three years. Um, I came here um, to work with Steve uh, when the company was transitioning from being over in uh, Queens Village to New Jersey. We have known each other for years and we had been in contact um, several times as he was developing this company. Um, and then finally, the timing was perfect. Um, my kids, which are actually very close in age to yours, I have a 13 and eight year old. Oh, almost, um, yeah. For those listening yeah, very, at home, 13 and a seven year old. So there, what is your older one, a girl or a boy? girl and she is definitely the bossy one yeah. out of the whole family <laughs> she rules us <laughs> um so they were transitioning from you know middle school or from elementary school to middle school and he was going to a different school and it was finally like the perfect moment he caught me at the very perfect moment and i was like you know what i really have nothing to lose by taking this chance um i haven't lived anywhere other than brazil I, I was born in Brazil, but yeah. I've lived in Virginia for, you know, over 20 years, never lived anywhere else in the U.S. How exciting would it be to just venture into something new? Um, and so I jumped on board and it's been really just the most life changing experience, not just um, career wise, but personal life experience. You know, you just learn so much. You meet so many people. New York City is a very exciting place to be and especially to work it's yeah. um you the 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 type of industry we're in we're not stuck dealing with just one type of industry right so we're not just uh in restaurants and we don't have just clients that are um schools or we really have such a variety where um, over at like Squarespace which is the most beautiful office you know they have yeah. every amenity any employee could dream of yeah um and then we're at a mom and pop shop in like brooklyn you know it's really every day is so different it's so exciting you meet so many people it's been a, a really fun journey so far that's awesome so like a big part of as you mentioned actually let's go back to 2015-16 when people were in the hospital was that related to legionnaire's disease yeah, or was that something else so there was um, a very ambiguous understanding of what water quality was within air conditioning systems and air conditioning systems specific to uh, what they're calling cooling towers. So cooling towers have come in different forms. And, and, and yes, it was associated to a cooling tower. Um, a lot of people don't really like to pin it in, into a specific building because it's, you know, it's uh, a lot of people like to glamorize and dramatize where it was and things like that. So let's just say it was in the Bronx. <laughs> and yeah. so the development of, of a cooling tower with um, the bacteria that, that actually grew in there grew to an exponentially high uh, count for colony forming units. That's what that's how they imagine just like inches, centimeters in normal like sizes that we talk about in a metric um, for water treatment. They use colony forming units. And so the Legionella count at that location was just tremendous. And um, unfortunately, people started to just, you know, go in a hospital and, and it infiltrates into your upper respiratory tract, the mm -hmm. bacteria, and just kind of grows and just grapples onto, it just takes over different right. cells. And unfortunately, people can't recover from it unless you get the, the right erythromycin, you know, amoxicillin antibiotic in your 
in your body quickly than, and a lot of people don't like the water in the hospital, especially older people. And that's why some people may have passed uh, when mm -hmm. they shouldn't. But um, there was no law back then. There was no regulation. There was no protocol. So we, we hit the ground running with understanding a frame of reference as to what to do because we were there. So I was actually the main consultant at, at the, the plane. So there, there's an epicenter. So I was at several locations learning from the Department of Health, learning from the state as to how the regulations would change. And then uh, slowly thereafter, maybe about two months after I created a company and we've been just growing ever since. But um, so, so, so the regulations have changed recently. Um, so the very basic part of what, um, and, and, and I'm, I'm saying this very loosely, very basic, um, simple part of the regulation is just, you got to test the water on a three times per week basis, or you can have an automated way of doing it. There's a lot of new controllers that people have developed to uh, monitor these systems on an ongoing basis. So you don't have to do it three times per week, but the law calls for someone to physically or automatically with some remote based type of controller to test the water. Besides that, you got to do some dip slides and, and it's uh, something you have to incubate inside the, your onsite facility. Um, there's all these inspections that have to happen, um, whether they're monthly, weekly, or, or every 90 day routine uh, inspections. We provide all these services. Initially, we were just doing very simple things like writing. There's a plan or a Bible, we like to call it, that, that has to be developed for every building because every building is unique. And so what we do is we develop a plan um, around the template that New York City already provided for every cooling tower. So that's what we do. Um, besides that, um, there's some new stuff that, that just developed and we were taken back by it because, you know, throughout this pandemic, you know, everyone's trying to make sense of things. You know, no one's, no one's at a cooling tower right now. No one's, you know, a lot of places were closed down. It was right. pretty, scary, pretty scary place. You know, everyone's getting PPP loans, trying to figure out they could, you know, keep their head out, you know, uh, over the water, you know? And so, um, the department of health in the midst of all this decided to throw out, um, I, this is where Jessica loves to talk about. They threw out some new modifications. Do you want to enlighten us on what, what they were? She's the master of, uh, of compliance. So right. they had, they had been talking about it. And, um, honestly, personally, I didn't think that they would actually push it through because it was, right when the pandemic hit, it was around like March, April that we started to hear about it, uh, but they did, they pushed it through. Um, and then I think it was sometime in June when they sent out the information to everyone that um, they had added a additional requirement for you to be in compliance, which is a summertime hyperhalogenation that has to be completed annually between July 1st and August 31st. Um, that's really just a big word for a disinfection. Um, so, it, you know, it's, um, it wouldn't have, I think, made such a big uh, impact if it wasn't already at a time when so many businesses are suffering. Um, so many places had been closed down, restaurants had been shut down for months, and for them to uh, continue to be able to at least even at, at being shut down, just hold their businesses in place. There, there's, you know, maintenance that they have to keep up with. And this is one hard. of them. So it was, it was very hard. It's an additional cost to them. Um, it's additional, uh, you know, 
just things that you have to do where now you're sending um, service people out there to perform these uh, services and half of these places that are not even open or not allowing people to come in. Um, so it, it was um, definitely one of the hardest thing, things that I think we've had to deal with since the pandemic, right? Um, they did, they were lenient enough in the weekly testing where they allowed um, the three times per week testing to be reduced to a once per week, excuse me, once per week obligation. So that helped a little bit, but it's just been a really interesting time. And I, I think not just for uh, water treatment, obviously for everyone in the world, uh, but this was one of the things that really affected everybody directly. Um, you know, they've responded in their own way to the pandemic where they're trying their best not to send out their inspectors um, to, to inspect these locations. They've now done this online inspection request. So instead of a Department of Health inspector coming into your business and uh, looking at your cooling tower, looking at your compliance documents, instead, for a lot of places, what they're doing is sending out an email requesting uh, the compliance records and then they'll do a review and uh, decide whether you have violations or not, right? So they've responded in their own way. They definitely have an understanding that there is a situation that they needed to pivot on the way they're doing things. But this was one of um, one of the revisions that we expected that at least if it did come into play, it wouldn't come into play until next year uh, when hopefully everybody would have recovered a little bit. Um, so not every it, building. It's been hard for everyone, and it's hard for you to push. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. I don't want to interrupt you. Not every building has a cooling tower. So no. I have no. a lot of buildings, and a small percentage of them have cooling towers that were keeping up with the maintenance and and the testing. Yeah. What's the driver of the cooling tower, and what types of buildings do you mostly see it on? And uh, is there a reason why they're better than the alternative? What, cooling towers? Just yeah. Just, so, um, you know, cost-wise, electrically, it's going to typically, uh, if you're above seven floors, your building, then electrically, your air conditioning would, would be better. Your cost of actually running air conditioning would be better with the cooling tower. It just wouldn't make sense to put package units, little AC window units on every single window, right? Of a 220-unit building, right? So, um, but, but we see, the, you know, like what Francesca mentioned earlier, we have a conglomeration of, of different uh, portfolios. We have people that are just, you know, um, mom and pop shops, pharmacies, dry cleaning places, hotels, luxury hotels, class B building, class C. So it's just runs the gamut of who, if you're higher than seven floors, then you typically have it. Um, yeah. You typically would have a cooling tower. And if you don't, um, someone's already thinking about why they didn't have it in, in the beginning, some, some mess up. But a lot of people are actually, you know, supermarkets that are not, so a lot of supermarkets, you know, this is a good thing that we're, we're, we're tuning into a different thing because um, what kind of companies don't need a cooling tower, but yet have them. You know, refrigeration systems uh, have been, uh, for a very long time, they have cooling towers and they're, they're only, you know, I've never seen a supermarket that's four levels, right? <laughs> Unless right. it's like Harris Teeter in Virginia, I think in Virginia, Harris Teeter was like four levels, something like that. Yeah. But typically yeah, yeah, here yeah. in New York City, you know, you, you got the food universes or uh, Whole Foods and like there's, it's just like two floors. So you don't need a cooling tower. So a lot of these places are ripping out their cooling towers and trying to, and, and the, the carbon footprint is what's hard because when you rip out a cooling tower, you have to put a dry cooling system 
and it's basically just using some other type of avenue to to cool your units so you you need to have air conditioning and they have compressors and they need to be cooled so you have to change the cooling tower to something that's called a dry cooling system and so if you have the space in the roof then you could do it so so the whole world is reacting to these to these new modifications and and i think we talked about this a little but earlier, Mark, that it's expensive. You know, be by the time you figure out how much water treatment costs are, and then you hire a consultant, which we implore everyone to do. I mean, if you don't have a consultant, then you're just allowing your water treatment vendor to just inspect their own services because because the law requires for inspections, and each of these inspections is a report card. So right. if I was if I, if I was the owner to a building, I wouldn't want the same guy writing his own report card. It's like giving my kid his report card. He would give me like all A's, right? Then yeah. that's there. It's very self-serving. It's so, similar to what we did in the elevator industry with exactly. testing, with the witnessing. Yeah. Yeah. It's exa- and that, that happened over, I think, two deaths in, in the West side. And then there was a reaction immediately back in 2006. And then and that law was created where whenever you do a repair now, independent testing, independently, someone has to review the repair. So I'm, I'm not sure when the development would, will come where, um, inspections and certifications to imagine this so now you have new york city that requires an annual certification and this is basically the water treatment vendor going in and saying i certify that i've done everything it's 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 a very unique thing right right now so as a company we provide this third party independent service where it's kind of another added layer of security now we're, we're not saying that these water treatment vendors are not loyal and very good and and legally do they do everything great but it's just another added layer of security that we provide. So you don't have to have that ambiguous thought whether or not that Legionella sample was actually taken from the place, that you're safe. So um, can you walk me through the different filings? If I have a cooling tower, what yeah. do I have to do? Is there, you said that there was weekly tests, um, yeah. there's monthly tests, there's probably a yearly submission. I know yeah. that when I have my cooling towers um, inspected and they upload it to the city's website, because I'm allocated as the owner's rep on the, I get the emails on it and I I see the files and I keep that in my compliance folder. But from your perspective, what are you seeing that we have to do or property owners with cooling towers are required to do by law? I'm going to give it my best shot. And then Francesca is going to jump in and fill in the blanks. Right. So, um, so hundred percent, once you start up, so a lot of places don't really have a startup because they run all year round. But in situations where, where cooling towers are seasonal, you what we would do is basically we would go in, do a pre-startup inspection. That's prior to actually being filled up. We would take a look at everything and give them an inspection report. And then immediately thereafter, the water treatment company would come in, they would clean the system. And within 14 days, within 14 days after that procedure, we would take a, a Legionella sample. And then we would also take, uh, we will also do another inspection. So that would fulfill very quickly uh, two big parts of what uh, the normal startup of uh, cooling towers in New York City. From there on, the company should really just put that building on a cycle every 84 days. The requirement is every 90 days to do a Legionella sample and an inspection. So what we do is we, we put it on an 84-day cycle because you don't want to mess up, right? Um, but most recently, Local Law 77 discussed now how within five days after you do a Legionella sample, um, you have to, a routine Legionella sample that's associated with the inspection, you have to actually update it. So now the portal itself has an avenue where you have to provide just 
the person who took the sample saying, I, I certify that I've taken the sample. It's, here's my sample submission. And it has to be within five days of actually doing it. So that's a new thing, right? And how so, often is that sample done? So uh, everything- That's is the every 90 day sample? Yeah, so, so our, our company, we don't play around with just doing it on the 90th day because yeah. you know, when you do something yeah, like that- Yeah, you can day, exceed 90 days, so. Yeah. Got it. So you don't exceed that, that day. And then, and then from there, um, typically when we're doing this as a, as a consultancy, we're always just making sure that people have the right logs because they have to actually do the three times per week testing. So there's three times per week testing that involves pH, temperature, uh, a look at the free chlorine level or the oxidant that's being used there. Some people have some other uh, understanding of what ORP is and things like that. So things have to be jotted down, but it, it's a very quick training that the water treatment vendor does. And this has to be documented three times per week. In addition to that, on a weekly basis, the chemical station has to be looked at. And there, there's a few items that have to be kind of, it's like a checklist, just to make sure that things, you know, that you're not walking inside a mechanical room and, and like things are spewing everywhere and chemicals are everywhere. So you don't want right. that to happen, right? And you don't want a tremendous amount of water loss because that, you know, a, a water loss in a hundred ton tower is, is quite minuscule for someone, but in a 20,000 ton system, that's going to be a lot, right? If you have a big leak. So the Department of Health asks for weekly inspections of the chemical station and of the cooling tower. So besides the three times a week, the weekly inspections of, of the cooling tower and the station, those are three things already. And then on a monthly basis, there is a routine maintenance log that has to be filled out. And this is a very specific thing that the Department of Health has, has provided. Um, a lot of people are, are a little ambiguous as to what it is. But um, it's very clear in the regulations. Um, if anyone has any questions after this, they could always just email us um, at info at nyc-inspections.com and we'll answer all questions. But besides that, um, that has to go on throughout the whole uh, period of time where the cooling tower is on. So imagine this three times a week, weekly inspections of both uh, chemical station, cooling tower, um, and then the monthly thing, always ongoing. People have to keep on coming for the 90 day inspections, uploading it, updating the, the portal whenever it says. A lot of people have some idea that you have to upload everything. And that's just not true. Um, what we do as a company is, you know, because all this stuff calls for um, having these documents on site and a lot of engineers go places and they're not there. And when a department of health comes, there's not that avenue to get all that information. So New York city is really was asking for like a mobile platform. So our company does that too. So, so if, you're, if, if a company out there in New York city doesn't have a mobile platform, um, you're, you're going to be lost in the dark. And so our company provides that for people so they don't have to go sifting through, you know, paperwork, the minutia of looking inside your emails. It's all in the, at the tip of your hand in your, in your, in your phone. Um, besides that, um, there's an annual certification. So an annual certification has to be due before November 1st. And um, the cooling tower has to be cleaned twice throughout twice the year. year. Yeah, twice per year it has to be cleaned. Besides that, are you cleaning um, them or are you just overseeing the companies that clean them? So there, there is problems. So that's a great, great question. So we oversee them, but also when there's issues with, with staging and timing of, of cleaning uh, of the towers and the water treatment vendor cannot meet those expectations because they're already booked, you know, we, we will jump in. Um, so I, I'm a commercial pesticides applicator. The business is registered as a, uh, as a commercial pesticide agency. So we're able to clean cooling towers. So but that's not our main thing. Um, if someone calls us and says, hey, our, our water treatment can't do it, we'll, we'll jump in because we want them to fulfill. It's and, not your driver, but it's an ancillary yeah. service. But we're, yeah, we're all water treatment professionals. Um, we could jump in and do it if we want. Um, 
did I miss anything? Just... Well, what kind of penalties no, are there I don't think so. with the city if, if, let's say, I don't do my quarterly test or I don't yeah. do my yearly test or if I don't clean? Are they? I'm going to assume that there are pretty steep penalties involved. They, they start to pile up. No, Francesca, you want to talk about that? What it, what it feels like for them if they miss an inspection or they miss a Legionnaire test and things like that? Uh, yeah, you will definitely get violations for any missed um, inspections. Even if, uh, you know, if you exceeded your lab sample by one day, you did it at 91 days. Unfortunately, that is outside of what they need. That's a violation. Uh, violations, they usually start around 500, 1,000. Um, once they come back a second time, if you didn't fix the original violations, if you didn't fix those items, correct them, uh, then your your violations could be doubled. Um, you would generally have a court hearing date. You can go and try to contest anything. If you do have you know, the proof that you did have this report done, it just wasn't there. You could certainly take that to the courts and hope that it gets dismissed. Um, it does at that point involve a lot of your time and energy and some people even hire you know, lawyers to go out there. So it's really important to do the best you can and have the right team and have everything in place so that you avoid that. Yeah. Uh, because at the end of the day, you're gonna be paying it some way or another, you know? Well, I have, you could put this over every industry. I had a call today with the building in Brooklyn um, 10 units self-managed. And this is exactly what I was, what you were talking about. If you explaining, it's hard to go from self-managed to manage because of the fee. It's like if you were doing the test yourself and now all of a sudden it's, let's say $12,000 a year for oversight of a cooling tower, it's a little bit of a sticker shock, but you don't realize what you're giving up by doing it yourself or not having a competent yeah. company overseeing it. Because if you miss that one violation or if you hit, two violations or three violations and they pile up, yeah. you're spending a tremendous amount of money that's lost. And there's no good reason. And also when you're dealing with what you're dealing with, it's more of a health issue. Yeah, it's a public health issue and it is the public information. So once you have a violation, you do go on a list um, that anybody can look up um, on the New York City website. Um, and, and there's your building saying that you have violation or that you had positive Legionella. Um, so it, it's important for the value of your building, for the safety of the people around that building, you know, employees, uh, residents, whatever it may be, that they feel good uh, and safe when they're there. So yeah, it, it adds a lot of value. Where's the database that I could look up buildings? Just if I'm a general public and I'm not oh, in my portal. Yeah. We can forward you the link so you can put it maybe in your- Yeah, I'll put it in the description. It's a, yeah, it's a long link. <laughs> I'll put it in the description of the video. So anybody, we're okay. of the podcast and of the video on YouTube. So anybody could look at okay. it. Okay, very yeah. good. Yeah. Um, there's th there's a few important pieces of information. I think that people going into a building that has a cooling tower are probably going to be looking at. One of them is probably now Legionnaires and, and all the samples for the cooling towers. It's bed bugs to the building at bed bugs, which you can find off of HPD. And then also the energy grade, which is, you know, similar now. But I, I guess the cooling tower is adding to the energy issues that we're having with having to lower our carbon footprint, which you kind of said before, if you take out the cooling system and you need to put another type of system in there, that, yeah. that really alters the way that the building is using energy and you have 
have to properly spec it out. If somebody's putting in a new cooling tower, let's say there's new construction or they're just replacing their cooling tower, is that a service that you could also mock up the specifications for that? Or is that more of yeah. a mechanical engineer? So we, we, we've been involved since the inception, like at the drawing part of, of it all, of a building as well. But um, I would say that's probably like two to 5% of what we get involved with. We're, we're typically, I would say 20% or 25% is involved from the pre-construction, new construction phase where people are starting, you know, when a, when a building is being constructed, there's, you know, there's piping starting from the mechanical room and leading up to wherever it needs to go. That has to be cleaned out. So we kind of just supervise from the beginning, um, making sure that the chemicals are, are the, in accordance to what the specifications are that's already been drawn up. Um, it just happens to be that we're supervising that whole process. And then um, a new registration of, of a cooling tower is unique because you have to know exactly when to register. So a lot of people, when they get the cooling tower installed, they're like, let's just register it now. Um, you wanna get all your ducks in a row first. So it has to be a, a, an organized, has to be done in a very organized way or else it can really just start off badly from the beginning. Right. And, and a lot of people are banking on that. Everything starts off, everyone wants a smooth start. And that's kind of where we shine. You know, we, we worked a lot with different mechanical companies like Dynal Mechanical to, to do that type of specific job. Um, so it's, it's gone well for us. Um, so, so construction, new construction is actually gonna be something that I'm hearing in, in the woodworks that, that might be more of a focus in, in the upcoming year because that is not really addressed that much with regards to water quality and things like that. It, just the cooling tower part of it is, is what needs to happen, like the, the compliance part and the maintenance. So that's, that's very specific. But prior to all that, I, I mean, there's a lot to discuss there still too. In terms of testing, and we, we're talking about the weekly testing, the three times a week testing, is that something that building employees could do or is that the service that needs to do? Can they be trained? Just yes, absolutely. Know? Yeah, no. Um, if, if I am an owner of a, of a building, my preference would be to have my employees, right, come in because it'll save me money. However, if I don't have uh, the right employees, like if I own a store and I have all my beautifully dressed uh, floor people, I don't necessarily want them to go up to the uh, cooling tower. So there's definitely services that you can hire. We have those services um, where we can send out a technician to do these three times per week requirements for you. Um, however, if you did have the right um, staff, 100%, it training is included yeah yeah that's great yeah so you don't need a certification or any type of special thing no, just, absolutely not you would just need someone to to walk you through the the instrument the instruments that you have to use on a three times a week basis and then go right. over the logs it's it's something that that sometimes requires two visits you know so a lot of people um look at it and you know they're in front of their boss and everything they're like i get it i get it and then when you do an audit and you visit them you you see the reality of what they actually absorbed yeah. And it's, you got to take them to the side. I'm like, listen, um, there's a lot of missing pieces. Let, let's go over this. I know it's hard. It's, it's a novice experience for a lot of people. So, uh, and it's hard and everyone's watching you. So, um, yeah. so that, that's where we kind of come in and just um, make sure to do an extra audit. Like after the beginning of, of our services is what's, it's, what's really key. It, it's a quintessential part of what we do here at our company because everyone says that they can do it. And, and yeah, I know I've been doing it, but then, 
uh, when we go back and check, there's always some missing uh, things. Um, and our goal is basically just to ensure that the owners and more importantly, make the superintendent or resident manager, whoever's doing it look great. And, and the only way to do that is to provide extra you know, visits. So it's, it's all part of our, our compliance. Contract. Will the city come down and do spot checks? Will they test the water? Will they test the chemicals? Will they test any sort of uh, bacteria? Bacteria? Will they come in and surprise you? Francesca, what do you Oh, they never announce themselves. It's um, unheard of. So yeah, they will definitely stop by unannounced. They will take a sample, most likely, if your cooling tower um, is on for the season, unless it's, you know, all year round and it's always on. They'll take a sample, take it to the lab. They'll get those results, um, you know, within uh, two weeks time. And they'll send you the results. If you have Legionella, they're going to ask you, you know, they'll open a case. They're going to ask you to respond accordingly. So, yeah, the their visits are really never announced and you are supposed to let them in and allow them to see everything. I know that they're definitely, uh, from what we hear, there are supers out there that have been able to just, you know, tell them, no, we can't right now. We're busy. And the inspector that was there that day was nice enough to be uh, understanding and either come back the next day or another day. Uh, but no, they're not, they're not required to announce themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any other services that you guys do that we haven't discussed since you have my ear? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, all this uh, COVID-19 um, pandemic, um, you know, issues and scenarios have, have affected New York City residentials because people, you know, really just aren't here. You know, the, the stores, these, these commercial buildings, you know, no one was there for months. And so now people started coming back, trickling back in. And now they want to use the water and now they're understanding that, you know, this water doesn't look right. Um, maybe we should get a professional in here to test the water. And then when they test it, they're finding, you know, um, just, just uh, it, it runs a gamut of different types of levels of, back, of just bacteria counts. It could be either Legionella that they're finding or they're just finding, you know, um, high heterotrophic plate count. Whatever the case is, it doesn't look right and, and certainly doesn't smell right from the inception of opening up faucets. So our, our world has turned a little bit to, to reacting to that because not, there's not that many people who could, who could actually disinfect you know, 220 units of, 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 yeah. of a building. So our, we have uh, somewhere between nine to 10 on staff members. And then we have technicians out there probably around eight to nine, I think right now, for just giving you to let me know if that's wrong. But um, uh, nine we're, able, better, yeah. we're able to just react and get all of our 17 or 18 people together and we're just able to, to disinfect the whole building, domestic right. water water. So that takes time. It's not something that we just do like over, you know, overnight, we would go there and we would um, really just go over the engineering specs and see exactly how water flows. And then we would just knock it out of the park. We would just disinfect right from the main and make sure all those, uh, every fixture is, is touched with the disinfectant and flushed out properly at the end of it. And everything's documented in, in a way that if anyone asks later on, it's just it's just the way that the Department of Health would have, if they were involved, they would have they will get a, an amazing report from us. Yeah. So that that's a new thing that we've been doing. Um, you have a lot but, of potential clients. Yeah, I mean, uh, we don't want we don't want to get into that business, but right now it, it's a very unique time, and people are, are just kicking and screaming about that water quality, and and we get it, and so we we want to help. And so since we know how to do it, we've had years of experience. At least a number of us have had years of experience of doing it in different water treatment companies. So we feel comfortable doing it. So yeah. um, 
but the, but the main thing I think about what our services are, um, I, I think the foundation of what we're able to do and the reason why we're successful is because of our mobile platform. I mean, everything that we do is electronic. You know, a lot of people are using three, you know, paper carbon copy stuff still. Everything that we do is electronic, so we're lightning quick. So yeah. everything that we do is we're signing stuff on like on site. It's being filed on your portal. All this cooling tower discussion about what needs to be updated. Like we have a department just for that. So when people come on board with us, it's it's no more longer having because we have this fiduciary responsibility that we share with everyone. Once we get uh, contractualized with, with another company, we take over that responsibility. It's shared, but we take care of it all yeah. from that point on. It, it's a good feeling to know that we have created this foundation where we, you know, I, I think when Francesca first came over, I think she said to me, Steve, I'm nervous. I'm nervous sometimes when people call us because I, I don't know if we have the stuff, right? I don't know if we have everything. We have it. It just takes time to get. Right. And um, that nervousness, I think, kind of just uh, flew away from you maybe like a year and a half ago once we created these mobile platforms. So we've been dealing with creating stuff with Apple and Android and making it very quick to, to retrieve on our yeah. phones and on websites. So I, I, I'm hoping that Francesca feels better. <laughs> it takes no, away a lot I, of the I friction. I definitely think, well, compliance is really about records, right? Um, yeah. Yes, it is about doing the physical work and the services and the appropriate time and getting everything together. But at the end of the day, if you don't have the paperwork that goes with it, you are getting a violation. So that's the part that I was like, well, I, I feel really nervous. I need this, you know, at all times that I need it on my phone. I need yeah. to have my hands on everything at all times because when somebody calls me and I'm out in the field and they don't have something, I need to be able to get this over to them immediately yeah. because the inspector is not going to wait around for us. Yeah. Um, so we started talking about uh, developing something and I think we've come up with something really great and it's available to all our clients. Um, they have it on any again android or apple device it's really just saved our lives it's saved their lives it's made everything very smooth for us do you guys do portfolio pricing for uh companies that own multiple buildings that need services or you know uh portfolios that are just you know uh, five and more buildings oh yeah they get rock bottom pricing, you know, anything, <laughs> anything over that you, you hit the nail right on the head with five. That's our actual number that we use. Really? Yeah. Actually anything over five, you get, you get the best deal. Yeah. Anything right. below that. We, we've kind of learned that um, profit wise, it's, uh, it's difficult, Yeah. Uh, but anything after five, you know, we have a lot of room. We have a lot of room to actually make it really sensitive to people's budget allocation. And right. what's really interesting about us, it's great that you bring that up because um, a lot of people don't know the difference. They don't, they, they have been with the water treatment company for 18 years and they've gotten, you know, 2% increases every year. So they don't know the difference until they keep on hearing that they have to buy a new pump. And then they're like, wait, does this sound right? And they finally bring someone like us around and we don't do water treatment services. We, we provide these compliance services, right? So what we do is we go into a building, we hear who you have and we hear your woes and your complaints and, and your ambiguities as to whether or not, is this sound right? And then we go to the batting cages for you. We basically go to New York City's best water treatment vendors, the people that we work with very, very well. And we get those numbers. We, we get your cooling tower tonnage and what you need. And we get the water treatment numbers for you. Four different companies, is that, is that right? Um, we use three or four companies. Yeah. And we get the best four. number for you. And then we show the owner, this is what today's rates are. Um, this is what the water treatment company would do, which is basically the monthly water treatment services, 
this summer hyperhalogenation that she just discussed, and they do the two cleanings and anything associated with equipment, and we take care of the rest. Because mm -hmm. um, our philosophy is that you, it, this shouldn't be um, a unilateral self-serving type of experience that, that building owners are having. It should be really a clear cut uh, line drawn in the sand. Water treatment company does what they physically need to do with regards to equipment, monthly water treatment services, cleanings and disinfections and addressing anything associated with equipment. And then the, the, this new industry, our industry, uh, cooling tower compliance, we take care of the inspections. We write these report cards for the water treatment. We take care, we do the legionella testing. We do the annual service. We do the certification. We do the plan writing. And, and that's where, we, that's where we, we actually come into buildings and really provide. And I think it's an unbelievable service and a great experience for them because they, they have another added layer of security. And, and that's kind of where I, I like being. Like for, yeah. as an owner myself, when I'm, when I'm at work, I, I like to know that I have something else providing you know resources for us like another thing like on, on top besides ADT security I have other type of security systems and, and you know I like having that feeling like I'm doubled up right so I, I think a lot of people are are, are are really just tuning into that and understanding that there is another service that could be provided here which would add another layer of security because there's there is some ambiguous moment that people are having right now especially with this stuff going on where modifications to the law are happening. Is this real? Do I have to actually pay for this? What, what does actually have to be done? You know, right. Is this the whole price? And that's kind of where uh, Francesca goes in and she's a, she's a bloodhound for that. She'll fish it all out and she'll, she'll get the right answers. And then she, she has those hard conversations with, with owners. Yeah. And property management lets them know the, the actuality of what New York City is being charged with different um, right. resources. So the benefit is having a consultant that could lead you down the process of what's needed versus what's not needed instead of yeah. a vendor who's trying to lead you down the path yeah. for more money, perhaps. Not saying that they're doing it uh, in a negative way that's yeah. supposed to make you spend more money than you have to, but somebody that you could trust an independent, as you said, a fiduciary, just like we're a fiduciary essentially for our clients, you're a fiduciary yeah. to your clients too. You have their interest exactly. at heart. We actually come in lower we actually come in lower than typically, I would say probably about 75%. We typically come in lower by sharing these responsibilities with regards to cooling tower, water treatment and compliance with the vendors that we work with. Mm -hmm. So it, it always happens to be, and, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like to me, whenever we get the number, we're like, wow. And then we go uh, do our research. Then we come back. It's typically like 10 or 15% lower than what they were already paying. And they get this other added layer of security right. and all these, bells and whistles with this new mobile platform. Everything's on online, on your phone. So it, it's a new wave of, of, of thinking, but it's something that's just, it, it's inevitable. It really is. The, the, the future holds um, a lot of promise for our company and, and it's just been growing exponentially since the inception. So, And where do you see the future of New York City going with cooling towers and regulations? Do you see any additional layers being added? It's always a mystery what they want to um, add, but I, I think one of the, and it's just probably me being hopeful because I'm a consultancy, that, that one day the water treatment vendors won't be allowed to do their own inspections. They won't be able to pull their own legionella samples. They won't be able to certify their own work. I think that world will come to tune one day. I, I just don't believe that New York City was ready to just do it from the inception because there wasn't a lot of companies like us around. Yeah, Not there's no infrastructure for them to have that in yeah. place. Hundred exactly. percent. But you've kind of created a niche, you know, yeah. market and carved it out. 
I, I think, uh, but with regards to water, I think the, the Department of Health may start to talk a lot more. You'll start to hear more discussions and just probably more town hall meetings about domestic water, drinking water. I, I think that has to be addressed, especially now. It's, it's, it's coming really strong. Yeah. And the whole world already has regulations for drinking water. Why not New York City? So, you know, New York City does everything first. You know, they snow smoking bans and, and all this stuff in different places first. We're the first to do that. Yeah. And it, it's just going to trickle in. And then New Jersey will start doing Everyone will just copy. New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Texas. So we're just waiting. Florida, where you are. So. Yeah. We'll come to see you once it. Once it <laughs> I've been hiding out. COVID's killing me. Well, I don't want to say that because unfortunately I, I do know of some people who have died of COVID. It's the worst. And our, how's your office doing? Our office, we're lucky enough that we have individual offices for everybody. So yeah. we never had any, we shut down for a few months, but we never had anybody um, not been able to come back, thankfully. And we've got a lot of PPE safeguards and we don't have a bullpen. So there's no common area except for the hallway to go to the bathroom and yeah. the kitchen. But do you, are you guys working from home or are you guys working for, from your office? Um, we, we've been really blessed in, in having the, the ability to do both. Um, I, I've decided a while ago that it's just not worth it to, to be in the office and, and to have any type of potential or high probability or even low probability of, of getting, you know, any, spreading anything to each other. Yeah. So um, I've, I've let everyone know if you want to go to the office, um, these are the conditions that we have to be in the office with, uh, you know, face masks, six feet apart, open doors, fan circulating. And so there, there is the option to do it, but I don't require it um, anymore. Yeah. Uh, well, the office is open. Um, we still go there to print stuff because, you know, we're still doing all these plans um, that have to be printed. And, um, and that's why I always hope that, you know, they, they finally say, just put it on a mobile app. You know, you know, we don't we're an iPad. We don't need all this paper, all these beautiful trees dying because for no reason. Yeah. But, um, so, so our office is, is still going. I still have to pay rent, unfortunately, over and over, <laughs> but it's a ghost town, you know, it's a ghost town. I, I, I just started having it cleaned um, again, you know, on, on a very frequent basis. We were having it clean like three times a week and now it's uh, down to two. So I still go there. And um, I go there with my kids, so it's typically a ghost town, so it's, it's all right. Yeah. But um, we do, um, I've noticed that ever since this stuff happened, uh, we haven't had many, uh, we have Zoom meetings a lot like this, what, what this is right now. But uh, we've definitely lost the human element. And when yeah. we get together, it, it's nice to see each other. And it's nice to sit around a table outside, unfortunately. Yeah. And um, it, it's a different level of, of discussions. And we get everything done. Well, my daughter, that. you know, we were talking about kids, but my daughter's 13 and she just started going back to school physically last week. Oh boy. And she said, I don't even know how to talk to people anymore. <laughs> it's been seven <laughs> months of seeing her friends on FaceTime. And it's true. I mean, face to face can't replace it. It's nice to have this ability, but I'm still talking to my screen that I'm looking at. It's yeah. not the same. It, it's a lot just, of you know? Yeah, I, I, I like seeing people. I miss people. But um, it, it's hard, and I, it's I, not I, the same with a mask, too. Right, you, you can't really see expressions. You don't know yeah. what's happening under there. It's it's a yeah. different world. Right? Like how expressive can you be with your eyes? I think that's the new <laughs> thing. 
Yeah. Exactly. I'm smiling. I swear in here. <laughs> I, I say that to people it's in stores. Crazy. I swear to you, I'm smiling. You know, like, <laughs> fine. I'm happy. Um, uh, so cool. So you guys, your uh, website is nyc-inspections.com and the phone number is 718-799-5204. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And if they wanted to email you, it's info at nyc-inspections.com. Yeah, all of us would get it. And I'll put all that info again in the description of the podcast. And if we upload this video to YouTube, uh, if you want to find us on YouTube, it's youtube.com slash XL Bradshaw, E-X-C-E-L Bradshaw. That's actually the name of my old company, but it was too complicated to change it. And I've got so many videos up there, so I just kept it. But we'll link to that also if we do put up the video. Thank you. Um, did I miss anything at all relating to you guys, what you do, any information you want to impart on our listeners? I think we covered everything. We covered a lot. Actually. Good. Very good. Well, Very good. Well, I appreciate it. And again, uh, if, if you want to email the show, NYC real estate podcast at gmail.com, NYC real estate podcast at gmail.com. Stephen and Francesca, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, doing this Thank with you. me. I think we, we lasted about 45 minutes to 50 minutes or so. So we had a, we had a solid talk. So hopefully everybody has something to Steve listen. Steve likes to talk. Steve likes to talk a lot. So you could keep you him on stop. here for another hour if you like. <laughs> well, I was going to, I was going to mute him. It was getting obnoxious. <laughs> but th- thank you guys. I appreciate it. And hopefully we'll be working with you. All right. Thank you for this. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.